Hello, listeners. This is Johnny Rubes, and welcome to another episode of the 2400 Block Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And here I am in the Boys Town section of downtown Chicago. Take pride in who you are and always believe in yourself, no matter what. Hi, this is Johnny Rubes, and welcome to the second episode of our second season. The 2400 Block Podcast is honored to present my good friend, Patrick Loza, as he tells everything about himself and his life, among other topics, as told from his own words in this exclusive one-on-one podcast interview. He's been through a lot during the last few years, but I'm glad he is living a great life now, and I couldn't be any happier. God's been a major presence in his life, and he has never looked back since. He has transformed himself into a man of humility and conviction. That's quite the upgrade since I met him 10 years ago. Patrick is testament and proof that God can truly change people for the better. On with the show. Hey, Patrick, how are you doing, man? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good tonight. Awesome, awesome. Well, so good to finally have you here in the 2400 Block Podcast Show, brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast where everything you need is 100% free. And this meeting right here between you and I is actually 10 years in the making. Imagine that. We've come a long way from being the co-workers we were back then, and here you are now, a man transformed, and on his way out of this wonderful city of Aurora, Illinois. You're moving onward to the mountainside, the natural splendor of the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. I'm so happy where you're headed at this point in life, bro. Yeah, definitely, man. It's just, it's been, man, like, I know recently my uh, Facebook got shut down, and like, you just kept popping in my head because... Mm-hmm. Just your encouragement, man, over the over the years and just remembering our stories of back when we used to work together just blew my mind. I never had someone that as, as genuinely just, you know, remembered. You just brought to remembrance of, you know, the things that we went through and the challenges that with Wissentel. And it's just great, man, talking with you, man. It's, I'm, I'm excited about tonight, about, you know, sharing what, what's been going on. Likewise, bro. And we got we got a whole bunch of minutes to talk about here, and and I'm just so excited uh, talking to you. I mean, I haven't talked to you in like forever, yeah. nine, ten years in the making. So if anyone's listening to this right now, this is actually the first time I'm talking with him in a long time. Yeah, we we've kept in contact through like Messenger here and there, but we just haven't been able to talk, and finally got the opportunity to. I'm excited, man. Okay, you're gonna lead us into prayer. So go ahead, Patrick. It's all yours, man. All right. Dear Lord, um, I just want to thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity um, to get together with Johnny Rubes, Lord. And uh, I just thank you for the history that we have, Lord. Um, And uh, I just know that you're blessing his life. You're blessing his radio um, talk show and podcast, Lord. I just pray that after tonight, his viewers would multiply, Lord. And I just want to thank you for um, the, the listeners that we have, Lord. I just pray that you touch the listeners' hearts and that they would uh, listen, Lord, and that they would have ears to hear, Lord. And I pray that you give me words to speak, Lord God, to share things that might help other people along their journey, to give them tools that help them be successful, Lord God. I'm not here to correct anybody, but to just give you tools to be successful and to um, help encourage people, Lord God. I just want to show people that, you know, just because you're going through hard times and that this COVID season is let people know that it's temporarily and that they can't overcome these challenges. So I just pray that you bless this tonight. Um, bless uh, my friend here, Lord. And I just know that you're doing good things in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Yeah, uh, thank you. All thanks right. for letting me do that. 
Amen. Amen. All right. Well, here we go, man. On with the show. Thanks for the prayer. Now we're ready to kickstart things here. All right, Patrick. Tell us briefly in a few sentences or so about yourself to our listeners out there. That way they get to know you. Well, um, I am 31 years old and I have grew up in Aurora my whole life. And uh, right now I'm on the east side of Aurora and uh, I just, I did develop a career in my life with welding. Um, I won't backtrack, we'll get there later. But um, yeah, so right now I'm just a welder, you know. Um, I have a small group of friends that um, I get out outdoors as much as I can. Um, I love just exploring things and I'm close to my family. My mom um, has been just, you know, like someone that has been uh, like a, 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 a mentor to me, not only just a mom, but a friend, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I recently got into artwork. <laughs> I like, you know, like drawing stuff and whatnot. But yeah, so like, yeah, basically, man, you know, just simple things. You know, I'm a very simple person. Um, I, 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 you know, just enjoy the simple things in life, man. It doesn't make take much for me to laugh and take much for me to make people laugh. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Well, 10 years ago, we worked with each other before in inventory, and then after that, you worked in retail. But I never saw you going this direction. How did you get involved with mixed martial arts? I bet you were excited about your first ever matchup, and your nickname was The Predator. <laughs> Sounds very badass. <laughs> yeah, so the interesting thing is, man, when, when I grew up, on the east side of Aurora, like, it was like, I had to, like, you had to defend yourself. So, like, my brothers and sisters would walk home from school, and they'd get picked on or they'd get jumped. And uh-huh. uh, it always it was always a concern of safety-wise. So, at the age of, like, six years old, my parents um, entered me into a, a martial arts style fighting called Kyokushin. And uh, once I joined, it was like a domino effect for my family. Like, my sisters joined, my dad joined, my mom joined. So my parents were like literally the first adult class that, um, at that time, my sensei, Peter, it was his first adults that he ever had. He always taught, you know, young adults, younger kids. Uh-huh. And then my parents became the first adult black belts in his class. So, which is really cool. Oh, wow. So it just kind of grew on me, man. I, I born and raised martial artist. I, I, I feel like I'm not living if I don't do martial arts. It's just my, been my go-to, mm-hmm. which later on developed into wrestling was later on developed into cage fighting, which I developed the nickname Patrick Rose the Predator, which was my fight name. But yeah, so I just became, you know, a mixed martial artist and I got into the cage back in 2011 and yeah. <laughs> wow. How many, how many matches did you had? I had about six uh-huh. before, you know, my, my past got a little crooked, but it had about six fights. I think I won about, I want to say four, mm-hmm. I won four fights. My first fight, it was, I was beating them pretty bad, and then I got tired because the adrenaline rush, you know, once you get that under control, you, you do a lot better. But it's mainly adrenaline. It's like, it's hard to explain, but it's like you're in this bubble, uh-huh. and it goes by really fast. Like, you wake up, and you're in the ring. Is literally how it felt to me. Oh, wow. Like, I literally would wake up, and I was in in front of everybody fighting. Like, it literally, I don't, that's the only way I could explain it. It's like, it's that bizarre, like. Like, how was your day today? Oh, I woke up and I was in the ring. <laughs> it's a, a pretty intense, uh, intense day that goes by when you, you know, you're doing cage fighting. So how do you, how do you get all like all psyched up before coming in ringside? I mean, you're just like, are you just like real still? You're calm. You try to calm your nerves. You know, sometimes it gets kind of um, nervous. So it, it goes into different 
things that there's there's things that work and there's things that don't work and things that can backfire which is going too hyped and you're nervous and your adrenaline's rushed but the key to is controlling your adrenaline is deep breathing mm-hmm. so after the first couple of times of getting that i like you get so tired though when you go intense like that you're too antsy so I started the second fight. I started doing a lot of breathing exercises, calming myself. I stayed warm, stayed loose, stretching. Mm-hmm. But mainly my main 100% focus, because at that point, when you're about to fight, you either are prepared or you're not prepared, you know? Uh-huh. So I'm not worried about my technique, my skill. I'm worried about my breathing, calming my nerves, making sure I have enough oxygen in my muscles. Because when you start fighting, the fastest thing that goes is your, your muscles tend to tense up. Mm-hmm. So you just want to continue to breathe into your muscles and loosen them um, before you fight. And if you get that under control, man, like you'd be surprised at how like how much uh, how successful you can be in the ring. You know, if you got the skill, at least. You know, I mean, not just anybody's gonna jump in there, but. Uh huh. But. Some great insight there. Some things I don't even know, but you know, just seeing it from your perspective, you know, gives gives a an a more open picture because I never saw it how it was from someone's mindset, I don't know from a fighter's mindset and you're the first one I ever talked to regarding that. So thank you very much for, for, yeah. for that. Okay. Which me, uh-huh. which now leads me on to the next question here. You know, I don't mean to put you on the spot with this one, Patrick, but at some point there's this big lesson in life we all learn from. And with that comes the consequences through this, we undergo a life changing experience. Would you care to elaborate more on that for the listeners regarding your perspective, your story? Yeah, so, uh, you know, and I've had to, you know, go through this process, you know, I got angry, you know, that's why, you know, he, um, you, you asked me to pray because I didn't have it. I didn't always have a praying life. And, um, a lot of times we get so like numb and we get so like, uh, traditioned into the things of the world, you know, we get, we get caught up in the temporary things and I'm, I'm speaking for myself, but I grew up in a lot of like a hostile environment. I saw a lot of fighting and I was, it was really fast paced. So I started dating girls at a very young age. I was, um, you know, introduced to relationships at like, you know I mean? Anywhere from seven to like 13, I was dating girls. Um, and we were fast paced, you know, like, so like we, as you grow up and you have this behavior of like being in relationships and like, you know, my had an older sister that was, um, years older than me so for me seven for her she was 13 so i was dating like all her friends you know when i was you know oh and i got older i was she moved into our house Mm -hmm. so i was about i want to say 12 and she was about 15 at the time Mm -hmm. so i just got introduced like quickly i mean a lot of you know our our world says yeah good job good for you but in the moral sense you know it's not good you know because if you're you have a soulmate you have somebody meant to and you you're messing around with all these girls, you you just you get brokenhearted. Imagine thirteen years old, your girlfriend breaks up with you. As a kid, you don't emotionally know how to deal with that. So yeah. I just developed like a hatred and just like a numbness and like for women, like I just treated them like trash, you know, like um well yeah, eventually, um, as I got older I developed that appetite of just being in sexual relationships with women and just I'm just treating them as like, you know, just like nothing really important to value to me. Um, of course I've had those more serious relationships where like they're more like more serious. Like I had the girl in high school that I dated for three years, the only Asian girl, you know, like, 
But even that, you know, I just cheated on her and I I did, you know, like I cheated on her early on in a relationship and it just was like, our relationship was unhealthy now because I was always jealous. I was always, oh, you're cheating on me when really I was the one cheating, you know. But, you know, in high school, obviously, I, you know, started smoking pot, you know, here and there and just hanging out with the wrong friends. And it was like, oh, well, let's deal with our depression and smoke a weed, you know. That's what new kids do when they're younger. They try to numb the pain that they had or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, basically, I had pretty much a normal high school life. I mean, I did jock, high school, wrestling, all that. But as I got older, I just. I, you know, you don't pay attention to things and I started making the wrong decisions, started hanging out with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I eventually landed myself behind bars because of the actions that I did. And uh, but really for me was um, looking at myself, you know, when you get, yeah, I imagine when you're a kid, seven years old, developing all these habits and messiness, you know, seeing a broken marriage with fighting and alcoholism and all this stuff, man, like I had a very hardened heart. I had, I did, it's like almost like you don't have a conscience, you know. Uh-huh. Like I could do something bad and I wouldn't feel bad about it. Like, oh, I probably should feel bad, but I don't. Which leads me to, you know, like now how I am now, I, I'm conscious of what I do. Okay. Like if I if I mistreat, if I get angry at somebody, I, you know, I've broken down about it because I, like, I feel bad. Like, why did, I, why did I act like that? You know, I wouldn't feel mm-hmm. like that before. I'd be angry, but I wouldn't like cry or nothing like in front of people or like I wouldn't show my vulnerability. I just, it'd be more like anger with hatred, you know? Uh-huh. There's, a, like, there's a verse that says, um, be angry and sin not. So I'm mad at people, but I'm not cursing at people. I don't put people down, you know? I recently went through a breakup with somebody, but I never, I can't put her down, you know, and be mad that we were going to break up, you know? Uh-huh. It's just like, uh, it's just like a, uh, um, a meanness that people have when they develop like um, like an unconscious, like they have no conscience or like no um, awareness of how we treat people. Mm-hmm. We just put them down, like we're it's abusive behavior, you know. So, uh, but um, when I went to prison, I really got to like look at myself like in the mirror, like look who who have I become? I become this lustful, possessive, jealous person. I smoked pot all the time. Yes, I did good stuff. I, I was a martial artist. I did cage fighting. Mm-hmm. But anytime I go to cage events, I was, you know, dating women, picking up, you know, I, a lot of times I wouldn't have to pick up a woman. Females would just walk up to me, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, once I hit rock bottom in prison, you know, there goes the suicide thoughts, the, the emptiness. And, and everybody's situation is different. But like for me, that's what it took you know, to wake up was, you know, hitting the bottom of the bear, going to prison, um, and then spending three and a half years, you know, in prison. <laughs> three and a half years, wow. So really, like, you you want to know about taking for granted of life until you have something taken away from you. You really get to ponder of, like, what did I do? Like, how did I get myself here, you know? Wow. But, you know, at that point, you know, I just, you know, that's when I started finding myself and the right people came into my life. Um, my mom started praying for me and I just had the the best counsel that I could get mm-hmm. while I was there. I started reading the Bible in there. 
started praying, started searching and realizing that I didn't have anything to search for. You know, I needed something that was more than me and then that would give me some kind of peace, I guess. Yeah. But which, which kind of brought me to this Bible verse that I read was it says, therefore, if anybody is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. It says the old has passed away. He said, behold, all things have become new. So a lot of times we have a hard time getting past like our failures. Mm-hmm. But that verse reminded me that I am a new creation, that the old has passed away. You know, like my decisions, my mistakes, and my behaviors, is all passed away. So I had to I had to repeat that verse like a thousand times a day just to transform because our thinking, you know, we get when we grow up a certain way, we have to transform it first gotta transform the mind so that the mind can penetrate the body and then eventually it can penetrate your heart. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's the problem is we don't know how allow to meditate on the right things, we meditate on the wrong things. Back then it was meditating on pornography, you know, or meditating on Oh, what I'm, you know, where I'm going to take my girlfriend to, or, you know, like just, just bad habits, like yeah. that you would meditate on. So I just started meditating on good things, you know, and, and started changing my inward self, you know, uh, affects, affects you. I think I've, I've seen people that I haven't seen for years. They're like, man, you don't look the same. I remember you used to look, you know, dark, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have this dark figure about your dark, you know, hatred and, and, hatred brings darkness you know emptiness doesn't bring light so um, i don't mean to ramble on but i hope that kind of explains things a little bit (laughs) that's all good man it's always good to hear your your perspective you know you're through your own words you know we're all we're all hearing that and you know that was perhaps the most pivotal point in your life but how does it feel uh patrick like once you were released from prison to emerge in society again how did it feel Oh, man, when I first got out, it was pretty intimidating uh, because I knew uh, there's there's like a preparation phase that you go through Mm -hmm. where like like you're bombarded with everybody. Right. So everybody comes at you like, oh, we're good to see you. Mm -hmm. But you have to remind yourself that everybody's going to go back home. Not everybody's going to stay with you right there. Right. So when I came out, I got an apartment and everything. So I was prepared, but I wasn't prepared for the emotional, like, drainage that I had. Like, cause I, when I was in prison, I was around a hundred people at a time a day. I had a room full of 20 people. So I was used to, you get used to being around people, yeah. the comfort of people, the, you know, brothers you develop mm-hmm. and all of a sudden everybody's gone. So it was, it was a really challenging phase where I literally would wake up. I'd cry my eyes out get up and go to work and like, Lord, give me the energy and the strength and the will, you know, it's like emotional thing, you know, like it, like, like we have emotional attachment to things. Yeah. Well, we get used to being around people and then all of a sudden nobody's around. Well, that's life, right? We got to get up, go to work, we're home. Yeah. You know, and I got to relearn how to ride the bike basically. You relearn how to ride life outside of the prison walls, you know, and that's, that's just come challenging, but, you know, amazing thing is I got a job right away. Um, That's good. I I started from make nine dollars an hour. I was eventually developed and I found a career welding, which eventually I got paid sixteen an hour. Then I got a big job offer making thirty four an hour. So I really just 
You know what I mean? The hand of God, you talk about God being on your life, like God was just blessing me the whole time. God was like, go through this door. Go through this door. Not through that door. Go through this door. Like, so I just stayed involved. I stayed in Bible studies. I stayed um, listening to worship music. That's good. Um, and eventually where I'm at now, you know, back then when I got out of prison, I was 25. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 31. <laughs> So when you asked me that, man, I just blew my mind how time flies, you know. And eventually you just get in a groove of things, you know, and you yeah. live your life. Right. That's good that you're not you're not looking back anymore. You're you're moving forward. That's yeah. The, that's the best part, you know, looking forward to a new day and, and just maintaining yourself. You know, some Christians fall. Some of them are not strong enough. Yeah, it's like he's like there's a mandate. What he what it says like a dog goes back to his vomit. Mm-hmm. I can keep repeating, and it's like I can repeat the same mistakes over again. But when I was in prison, like somebody told me, they're like, you can continue to do the same stuff you're doing on the outside in here, mm-hmm. and go back out in the world and do the same thing. Like basically, in what we were doing was gambling, hanging with the thugs, you know, hustling, right? Mm-hmm. You you got that same stuff in prison. He told me, he said, you can hang with this crowd or you can change who you hang with right now and change your life now. So when you get out of prison, you're a different person, right? Yeah. And that struck me. Like, it, I'm, t- I'm telling Johnny, like, man, it, it hit my heart to like, you mean I could change now before I go back out there? Like, I don't have to be the same person I am now. So there were very specific things that people told me and they're like, look, when you do this stuff, like it's just going to reflect to be a new, another reflection of you being on the streets. You're going to end up right back in here. So I wanted to learn how to not come back. Cause the statistics are well, like 80%. Mm-hmm. I think there was like 80% chance that you're going to come back to prison once you've already been to prison. Well, you guess what? I've broken that because it's been 2015. It's been over what? What's that? Six, seven years since I've been back and I've been just consistent with it and you know I make mistakes you know like I'm not on here trying to preach at anybody and say I'm perfect now and I'm just holy no I've made mistakes you know I've, I've you know went into a relationship recently where I just you know, my expectation of her was to oh well you know that's life you know you know we should be stronger you know she lost her father and from, to COVID and I, I don't think I was very sensitive as, as, as I could have been. Um, yeah, I was sensitive. I was there for her, but I was just like, my, my theology as a Christian, it was like, well, you're going to see him in heaven. So what's the big deal? You know, like, yeah. and that's bad on my part because I don't know what it's like to lose a father or like a, a mother like that, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I, I do make mistakes, but I, you know, I get up, I, I keep brushing off and keep pressing forward. And that's, that's the, the challenge for people is like, if you make a mistake, you can't quit. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to make a mistake, but you just got to get back up and get back at it. You know? Yeah. Um, it's been just a life cycle and I you just learn to avoid certain mistakes and you don't repeat them. You know, like I said, don't go back to your vomit. <laughs> don't yeah. go back to the same bad behaviors that got you in the predicament. And this could, you know, this could, flow into every aspect of your life, you know, like how you view things and 
what kind of habits do you got in your life that is harming your your family or like maybe you got you know unforgiveness or anger somebody out there that's listening on the podcast like um, who is it that you hate right now who is it that you're like holding a grudge against you know we got to let that stuff go mm-hmm. you know and and I, I've just learned that, you know, I, I could be mad at my girlfriend that we broke up or I could forgive her. And we're, we're actually not together. And we, she texted me right before I got on the podcast. Hey, how's life going? You know, uh-huh. we got to learn to, like, we get so caught up in it for the younger, I don't know, you know, for the younger adults, like you get caught up over like one heartbreak and one boyfriend and one girlfriend when it's like, there's so much out there. You just, there's another woman for you. God's best for you. Um, and, you know, especially for the single people, it's challenging. We want to be loved. We want to have somebody with us. Like, we have so much more freedom as single individuals, you know? Yeah. Not to knock the couples, but, like, you know, I'm speaking for the single crew. It's like, hey, we can adventure, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we can we can do different things that um, some people might um, wish to be able to do, you know? But, yeah. I think but. What you're probably going to do is uh, maybe find someone, be friends with, and it could last maybe months, maybe years. And and perhaps that person could be the one all along. So, yeah, right yeah. now, I think it's best That's for you right. to just find good friends out there, especially where you'll be moving to. Who knows? Uh, there might be that certain someone uh, one day. So maybe yeah. in the next future podcast, you'll be like, hey, this is my friend who now is my girlfriend. You never know. <laughs> Okay, now on to the next question here. I kind of went off with that other question, um, which was not on the list I want to ask you, but that was at least nice to just say that ad lib. Um, how does it feel like being a born again Christian in these modern times? I think it's almost similar to what we just um, what you just mentioned there about oh, gotcha. your everyday battles. Yeah, yeah. yeah for me, it's like it's exciting, mm-hmm. you know, to like know what I know. Like, you know, when you're when I was in that cell, all I was doing was reading the Bible and studying and praying. Um, I really had like, you know, there's a, there's a man of God named David. He's King David. He's known as the one that killed Goliath, you know, with the stone, the slingshot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's a known story. That's the best way to describe him that people might know is, uh, is, uh, okay. Where is she? I lost my chair at the top. Forgive no, it's me. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> so anyway so like in this time like we we know like i know like what's to come and the goodness that is in store for our lives right mm-hmm. so like i could get caught up in all the stuff and all the crazy stuff that's going on but everything that i've studied in god's word is just he says i have a hope for you i have a plan to give you a future i have plans to make you prosper so when I was in prison, like I could have been sad, but I started like being more happy with where I was and I'm content. You know, I learned to be content and living in a a room with three, four roommates and, you know, like the world's in chaos, but I know my God's alive and I know my God's coming back. I know that this is all temporarily. So I'm at peace and I, I don't, I don't think I'm have been anxious about anything. Um, I just laugh about things and I just keep pressing on to the goal and to the, to, to the future that I have, you know? So it just really just changed my mind about things. I think 
it's easy to get um, fearful and afraid. Mm-hmm. But um, being being a Christian and and, uh, um, and what I've learned and what I've known, like I just I'm just content, you know. I'm just at peace, I guess you could say. Um, you know, I see you in in church praising the Lord. Have you been with that crowd since you left prison, or they've been with you ever since, even before prison? No. So, like when when I went to prison, I lost. Like you learn who your real friends are. Like you don't really have a lot of people for you. Mm-hmm. Nobody really. I mean, not, yeah. and I'm not saying like not everybody. Maybe just everybody just lives their lives and they just forget. And uh-huh. people really didn't know what happened to me too. So I can't really say that. I guess that's really wrong to say. But you just lose track of everybody. Basically, you know, everybody's got to go on and live while you're behind there. So I never went to church before. I never. I hated God. I'm the person that used to yell at God. This is your fault. And uh, I can just see, you know, God smiling at me saying, one day, one day I'll get your attention. So, like, I never, yeah, when I came out of prison, it was, like, relationships that I built. Uh-huh. Um, and then God opened this door for me to go into this church. And eventually I started singing. And then um, at one point I started playing the drums. Oh. But, but with Colvin, it's kind of changed up. The season kind of changed up a little bit with what I'm doing. Um, so it's. Um, mixes things up, you know, everything's a surprise. I mean, do I, did I expect this year to, uh, everything to happen as it is? No, but the word has prepared me to expect these things. He says, you know, like these things are going to happen. You're going to face trials. You're going to face disease outbreaks, yeah. but he says, it's not going to come near your, your house. You know, it's not going to come near you. It's, I'm going to keep you protected and safe. And so that's, yeah. And that, you know, those friends that I have now are just, you know, friends that I've uh, met along the way, I guess. That's good. I'm sure the the folks will miss you as you'll be moving soon, right? I'm sure they'll miss you dearly. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so, like a bittersweet type thing, you know, mm-hmm. like moving, like you got the comfort. You know, I got my bed. You know, I got my dresser. It's so hard for people to let go of the material things. And even I'm a Christian and I know like eternal life, like I know I'm not going to have this rundown house. You know, yeah. like when I go to heaven, I'm not going to have this rundown bed. I'm not going to have this rundown car. And still, I just still get caught up in the material things. You know, we get so caught up in the temporarily. Yeah. And we forget that there's an unseen world, that there's, you know, things that you know, God is wanting to take us into. Um, and like, you know, like these scribes in heaven. You know, people, you know, whether people think heaven is real or not, it's real. Heaven is legit. <laughs> but it's through my relationship with Christ that I've found um, access into that, you know? Yeah, but. that's good. All right, next question. All right, we, you mentioned COVID not too long ago. What kind of symptoms did you get when you had it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I got, um, like, two months back, I started just, this is embarrassing, but I woke up with the bad, you know, got to go to the bathroom really bad uh-huh. and I couldn't hold it. So my stomach was just messed up. Um, I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe I ate something, mm-hmm. but I didn't know right off the back that I had COVID. So I went to, um, to work and then I just felt really cold. Like I was really cold, uh-huh. shivering. And thankfully, I stayed protected. I stayed my mask on because I didn't know if it was, I didn't know I was COVID. I just thought I had ate something funny, you know? Yeah. I didn't cross my mind. I had COVID with the stomach pain. I didn't really know that that was something that was a symptom. So then he had like this, like shivery, like it's like warm out, 
you know, and I'm like, I'm like shivering. Like my body is really sensitive. Like if you touched me, like it would hurt, you know, like, and I got to lift steel. I got a freaking, so I didn't want to move at all. I didn't want to, I didn't want to even work. I just felt like really, really fragile. Like I would break or something. Oh man. But then after that passed, it went into like, you know, by that point I called off work and I had, said I'm not feeling well and went to go take the test you know mm-hmm. but then I had found out I had COVID so at that point I had this migraine that was like in my eyeballs that's the only way I could explain it, it was like that the migraine was inside of my eyes oh, man. you know like you get a normal headache uh-huh. but this was like not a normal headache it was like just in my eyes it's like three days straight oh, my like it would not go away were you bedridden all day and then day? I mean, all that time you were oh, bedridden for a while because it was hurting. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I've been through, like, so much. And, like, with, you know, the presence of God, I just worship through it. So it's mm-hmm. about your mentality, you know. I just kept moving. You know, like, a lot of people, they want to lay in bed and accept the sickness. I don't accept sickness in my life. Like, I just don't receive it well. You know, I fight it. <laughs> so my body went into fight mode instantly, even mm-hmm. though it was hard. But I got rid of it so fast because of my mentality. You know, even the day I found out I was positive, I went for a jog. I was like, oh, I'm not going to let this keep me down, you know. Uh And, you know, everybody says, stay in your room, rest, and isolate. And, well, I'm the opposite. You know, I went jogging. And and I I, I know people probably might get offended, but I did it. I did it in a way that was by myself, I can say. Like, I didn't, nobody got sick from me. I got sick from somebody else because I kept my mask. I held my sanitizer. So I did it properly, you know. Uh-huh. But I just didn't let me, let it keep me in my room, you know. Like, I went jogging. I listened to worship music. I went canoeing by myself. Like, because now, not only do I got COVID, but I got two weeks of paid vacation. So, <laughs> wow. Hey, what the devil makes to try to, devil meant to harm you god turns around for good now i got two i got two weeks to pay vacation and i'm just taking it for granted or not taking or what i say or i think i said that wrong but yeah i'm sure i'm sure they, they all know what you meant <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow but yeah so COVID is real guys like i don't know it, it, to me it was like a cold but i know people are dying and i know somebody that died from covid so uh um, I just, I just don't, I just keep my mentality in act. Don't let it break you. Don't get afraid of COVID. You know, be stronger than COVID. It's, yeah. it's a virus. It's, it's not something that God brings upon us. It's something that um, sin and the corruption brings, you know, um, evil brings sickness and um, wherever it came from, I can't, I'm not going to say and try to tell you where it came from, but. I, I tested positive for whatever they said I had. So I, I beat it fast and I got back to work fast. So, so how many days total did you had COVID-19? Oh, for me, one week, two weeks. I had like two and a half weeks. I they want to say, if not longer or mm. shorter. I pretty much knew when I had it gone. But I, I started having, I noticed my lungs were affected for a while. So I was coughing, even though I, I tested negative, uh-huh. I was still coughing a lot. I'd wake up in the middle of the night coughing. But I think it was from the COVID, it affected my breathing. Mm-hmm. So it just like, it was like this heavy, like cough, 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 and it would not go away. 
luckily I got a brother that works at Fruitful Yield and he gave me the right medicine for my chest. And oh, like I, nice. I was able to loosen up that I was able to loosen up that um that cough. So it worked out good. I'm like a hundred percent now. That's good, man. So how many how many months now you've been COVID free? Oh I wanna say two and a half, three months. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I haven't. I, got, I haven't got mine all yet. the time. Yeah, got you. Not yet, not yet. And I hope yeah, not. I hope. Good. I hope I won't either. Maybe I might jinx it. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, I know a lot of people that are getting it, and I yeah. just—they're like, "Oh, by the way, I'm having symptoms." I'm like, "I don't care, man. I already had COVID. I—I I could care less." I was like, "You ain't got to freaking act all scary back around me. You could quarantine, do whatever you want to do." To me, it's like a normal cold. I know, like I said, I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for the majority because I know it affects everybody differently. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that I have a chiropractor. I, I eat healthy and I exercise. And my mentality is different than most, but some people. Um, and I know that it affects people that are have health problems. And I, I wouldn't ever take that away and say that, oh, well, I'm somebody different or better. You know, I, like I said, I know somebody personally that has lost a family member, their father, actually, that is. Um, has devastated their whole life, you know, and, and mine as well, because I've been there, I walked through them with it and my heart broke for them. And uh, so just be cautious, be aware. If you have symptoms, just be smart, you know, like you don't want to affect anybody and say, well, I got it. I might as well give it to somebody else. There are people that think like that, believe it or not. So it's, it's our responsibility as the individual to keep ourselves healthy and keep others um, healthy, you know, I realized that everybody's going to make their own decision. And I think I was very loose about it in the beginning until I got it. And then until my girl's dad died. So, um, so I've just been well, really cautious, not, not because I care like where I get or not. Cause I, I know for me to live is Christ for me to die is gain, but I, I care about others well-being. And I kind of, I, I knocked that stubbornness out of me like, okay, I can act like, I'm on top of the world and I'm not affected, but at the same time, I want to keep people protected and I want to keep the elderly and the people that are just not as healthy, you know, that yeah. have my health, have health problems that I could actually kill. Um, so it's been a crazy 2020, I guess you could say. Hopefully next year is going to be better and maybe we'll see a decline. Let's hope. We can only hope. Yeah. I know their vaccine yeah. just came out. We just make sure, oh, we just want to be sure it does its thing. I mean, right now it looks promising, but you know we'll see in the coming times ahead. Yeah. All right. Now on to this last question here, as we're about to wrap up soon. What does the future hold for Patrick Loza? I see Denver's right around the corner. Yeah, Denver. So <laughs> I went. I visited out there recently, and uh, my heart just stayed out there. You know, when I came back to Aurora, I'm like, where are the mountains at? I don't see no mountains. I don't, you know, like, so, uh, I just been praying about it and mm -hmm. I've been having dreams. I've had, I probably had like three different dreams. I'm telling John, like, man, <laughs> I had like three different dreams that I was going to Colorado and I'm like, all right, I need to make this happen. Um, so I am moving to Colorado from Aurora. I've been in Aurora my whole life. Mm -hmm. I am 31 years old and I just want to step out. I don't have kids. I don't got a wife. So, um, I just feel like adventure is um, something that I want to do. I feel like it's something I'm I'm being led to go into. 
So I have a friend in Denver, Colorado, in Colorado Springs, and I'm going to be navigating there within a week, oh, right around great. after Thanksgiving sometime. You know, I was about to just so, ask you that question because Riza was saying to me, does Patrick have any friends out there? And I guess you can answer that <laughs> question already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got two friends out there. The funny thing is one of the guys that I'm moving in with, with I met in prison. So I spent like two years with him in a, um, a pot, like a, what they call like a, pot, a cell block. Mm-hmm. So we both kind of were brought up the same way, studying Bible, um, you know, making food. They call it dips. And so really cool thing is we reunited uh, about a year ago. We've been talking, and I visit out. I went to visit him out there, and uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens. So roommates in prison, roommates are now outside of prison. I go see what happens, man. Uh, it's just he's a good friend, you know. Um, somebody that, um, you know, that I went through the trenches with. So um, I got another friend in Colorado Springs as well, too, that I went to high school with. So that's kind of cool too. I'm just interested, you know, I'm just interested to see what else is out there for me. And, uh, I feel like, um, for now I'm going to put a, put a, um, Aurora to the side for now. I, of course I'll visit and stuff, but for now I think, um, I'm looking ahead to go, go out there. I'm excited. You know, I just, excited. I just realized too, I do have a friend over there in the Malhar area. I think he's a DJ or something. I think that's what he does on the side. I'm not really sure what he does as his job, but maybe that is his job. Uh, but he does DJing on the side, so maybe I can probably, oh, okay. you know, maybe refer you to him or something. Maybe y'all can, like, hang out, too. Yeah, that'd be cool, definitely. And more people I know out there, the better. Yeah. Well, Patrick, as we conclude this episode, you know, you can lead us into a closing prayer. So if you may, go ahead, bro. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Man, uh, all right. Lord, we just, I just want to thank you, Lord, for tonight. Um, I just pray that um, that um, the message that we shared, the, the talk that we shared, would just um, touch somebody's life and uh, just let them hear, you know. Like, I just pray for everyone listening that um, you would have a different understanding and a different uh, hope to just, um, just keep pressing on and keep moving forward. And to not give up, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, for uh, Johnny Rubes' awesome podcast, Lord. I pray for more viewers and to more ideas and, and u- unique topics, Lord. And I just pray that this will be a, a, a like a launching pad for his life, Lord, and that he would begin to dive into deeper topics, Lord, and uh, topics that just transform lives and uh, that just takes them to the next level, Lord. I just thank you for his life. I thank you for his wife that you're blessing them and that you're refreshing them and that you're providing everything they need and whatever it is that you have in store for them Lord I just pray that they would reach those things Lord if it's Florida whatever it is I thank you that you're providing and that you're enhancing their lives and I pray for our, uh, the listeners that you would bless them and that, that they would have a new sense of purpose and, and a new sense of directive Lord and I just thank you in Jesus name Amen, Amen. Alright all right. Yeah, that was refreshing. That was awesome. Thank you very much, there, Patrick. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Well, this awesome. is this is about that time, Patrick, where you get to say all you want. The shout outs is on, man. Are you ready for your shout outs? <laughs> Here we yeah. go, man. 
first I'd like to shout out to my mama um, you know my mom's been there for me from the get go so I just want to thank my mom my family um, my friend Gracie she's been a blessing uh, despite our difficulties in this journey I just I just I'm so grateful for Gracie and her life and her strongness for losing her dad you know it's been just crazy I got my boy KP he's a music ma- music management he, uh, he's worked with Montana he's worked with a couple of different artists and he's from Aurora and he is just an awesome person a great friend I'm about to miss him um Shout out to my boy David um, for always being cutting my hair, hooking it up with the fresh style haircut <laughs> called Good News Barber in Aurora. But that's about it for me, guys. And I just want to thank you again, Johnny, for freaking just let me you know come share that man. That's awesome. I've really uh, been honored and humbled to you know, share. Oh, you're very welcome, my bro. Experiences. Okay, we've pretty much uh, reached the ending point here. So uh, thank you, Patrick, for being a part of today's episode, let alone you being the topic of conversation. And I appreciate you for spending a few minutes of your time with me here. And all the best on your next chapter in life. May you continue to grow in your daily walk, as well as keeping your faith strong. I'm hoping we can catch up with each other again sometime. So take care, my friend, and God bless you. All right, have a good night. God bless you. All right, Pat. Take care, bro. So there you have it, folks. We have reached the end. But for Patrick, however, it's just starting. His life continues on as he journeys westward to the Mile High City. It should be fun for him, meeting new faces along the way, exploring more of the vast mountainous terrain that's everywhere. Now, I wouldn't be surprised at all if him and his friends start a ministry over there. And if they already come out with such a plan, well, hey, amen to that. I'll see if I can check up on Patrick from time to time and provide any updates as they come. Maybe do a follow-up interview in the future. Who knows? That would be awesome. Well, until next time, everyone, this is Johnny Rubes once again, thanking you for listening. Now on to the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 2400 Block Podcast. Feel free to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Overcast, and Spotify.